Welcome to Chabad House Conversations, number three. We're here with our beloved community member, Deborah Pugach, and we're going to talk about life, get into some Jewish topics, Jewish life, successes, struggles, and overcoming and moving forward through life. I'm so glad you tuned in. So this is our about a half hour podcast that we do with uh, members of our community here in on Long Island at Miad, and uh, I'm so happy to have uh, Deborah here, just as by way of introduction. Deborah started coming to my Jewish mysticism class um, a couple years ago, Yep. and uh, ever since then, we've uh, gotten to know each other over Shabbos dinners, I've gotten the privilege to know her daughters, her amazing, beautiful, successful daughters, and um, high holiday services, and just celebrating life events together, and that's been a positive for me. So welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much. So uh, where did you grow up, Deborah? So I grew up in North Belmore yeah. on Long Island. Yes. Um, mother, father, two brothers. I am the middle child. <laughs> middle of two brothers. Middle of two brothers. So I, I never felt like the middle child. I felt very special being the only girl. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, I, ha- I had a, a really nice childhood. I had a wonderful childhood. It was, um, I had close, very close relationships with my grandparents on my mother's side. Uh, unfortunately, good. on my father's side, my grandmother had passed away when I was, my goodness, a toddler. Mm. Um, and my grandfather passed away when I was very young, probably in elementary school. Um, I do remember him coming over uh, from Brooklyn and sleeping over, and that was always a big treat. Um, I was always very family oriented. My brothers and I were raised that way. My brothers and I were incredibly close. My older brother and I uh, are 13 months apart. Wow, so we close. were best friends. That's great. Best friends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went to college together. We went to. You went to college together? Yeah. Where'd you go to school? We both went to SUNY Albany. Wow. And um, and camp, of course, day right. camp, sleepaway camp. Wow. Um, I think we had a pretty typical you know, like Jewish family type of experience on right. Long Island. Right. My dad was very stereotypical um, <laughs> in the garment center. Oh, yeah, that's very, <laughs> that is very stereotypical. Right, Absolutely. But, but he yeah. wasn't, but his personality wasn't wasn't such, but uh, it was pretty stereotypical to, to, you know, work in the garment Where center. Where did he grow up? He grew up in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Where? Uh, Which very part, poor, know? very poor. Um, actually, uh, he... He grew up in Brooklyn, but he also grew up on the Lower East Side. Interesting. Yeah, and he um, went to Seward Park High School, which is where Tony Curtis went to high school. Oh, yeah. So my dad always loved to tell that story. Right. Yeah, right. what a bad guy he was. Bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, not my dad, Tony <laughs> Curtis. <guy. laughs> and um, and where did your mom grow up? My mother grew up in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Also right. uh, poor. Um, well, my dad's father was a tailor. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother's father was a union painter. Wow. Um, I think I'm pretty sure that both grandmothers, when they were raising their families, did not work out of the house. Um, my parents met. It's interesting. Uh, neither one was a real ice skater, but they met ice skating <laughs> <laughs> with their friends. Um, and, and that was that. So They were both born in America? Both your parents American? Yes. American kids. Yes, yes. Wow. My father used to tell us. My father, unfortunately, has passed away. Um, yes. But he used to tell us great stories about his his 
Actually, his mother was from Ukraine. Right. A lot of Jews are from Ukraine. Yes. The ones that weren't killed are from Ukraine. <laughs> well, they're, they're only survivors. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, my mother's family, my great-grandmother, who I grew up with, she passed when I was about uh, 14 or 15. So you got the privilege to know her through your Absolutely. life, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was, boy, was she a tough lady. <laughs> yeah. Very tough, like 4'10", mm. and very tough. 4'10". <laughs> uh, we used to measure ourselves, my brother and I, against her. If if we were told and her, we were okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, she came here right. as a teen. Right. A lot which of is amazing. Did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to, to be a teen and to come here by herself. She came by herself. Wow. I find that... that Talk about, you know, strength. Um, well, yeah. What was Jewish life in your house like growing up? So, Reform, conservative, orthodox, nowhere in between? So my parents, because their parents, you know, they had the, a more, you know, a, a relationship closer to Europe. Um, right. they, they were raised orthodox. Mm -hmm. But yet when it came to... Your parents were both raised orthodox? Yes. Really? My wow. father would tell stories about his yeah. mother would go to the back. This was in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Kill the chicken, put it, you know. Oh, do the uh, kaparis yeah. for Yom Kippur. Before yeah, it's yeah, over right. And wow. uh, like keep it in the bathtub. That the fish in the bathtub, chicken in the maybe, backyard. Yeah, maybe the, the fish went into the bathtub. <laughs> That's that like makes, a stereotypical like, American. A lot more, more sense. Everyone on the Lower East Side had a fish in their bathtub on Friday. Yeah, like yeah. They buy a fish and they put it in the bathtub. Right. <laughs> so that was their, his upbringing. My mother's upbringing was not as, even though my great grandmother was was certainly orthodox. Um, my grandparents were not at, not as right. observant. Right. And my mother certainly was not as observant. When my parents got married, yes. and our family, we joined, my parents joined a uh, conservative synagogue. In Belmore. In North Belmore, right. Temple Bethel. Mm -hmm. It recently, a couple of years ago, closed. Wow. Um, my brothers were bar mitzvah. I was bat mitzvah. We all went to Hebrew school. Um, it was not a question. It was just something you did. It was a, you know. Um, my dad was involved in the synagogue. I used to go with him as a, a very young girl uh, on Shabbos every Saturday. I'd get dressed up. Really? Every Shabbos you go? Yeah. My dad wow. would go, and every Saturday I'd go with him. Wow. And the best part was that I would help the man in the kitchen do the dishes. I thought that was so much fun. Really? I don't know why. I thought that was great. How do you feel was, about dishes now? No, they're not so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember he used to say to me, no, 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 because I was all dressed up. Because then afterward, we'd right, go to my grandparents sure, right. in the Bronx. So I'd be wearing a pretty dress. And he'd say, no, 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 you'll get your pretty dress, you know, dirty. Right. So, um, but I used to love it because it was special time with my father. Wow. It was very nice. My brothers didn't go for some reason. I, I you know, I, I never questioned that. It's interesting. I don't know. You think why. they would? I mean, especially your proximity and age. And you uh, would think so. It right. was just me. Wow. Um, in in the house, we were kosher. Wow. I mean, we weren't glot kosher. We had uh, dishes and, and silverware for meat and for dairy. Wow. And we didn't have two sinks. We didn't have two dishwashers. Right. But separate separate vessels. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yet. You know, uh, they, they they broke the rules, so to say. Uh, every Sunday night was Chinese food at right. at the local uh, Chinese restaurant. Right. Right. 
And uh, my older brother, for some reason, I don't know how he ate it, but he loved ham. So um, I know it's weird. <laughs> so from one, it's one thing to be a conservative Jew and not to eat inside the house. And then another thing to no. go like all the way that they, far. They made up their own rules. This is your older brother? My older one, my older yeah. brother. So he, my my mother would buy, you know, from the supermarket. Really? Like Virginia ham. And That's crazy. serve it on paper and plastic. Maybe it was tongue and she was just tricking him. It wasn't tongue, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I used to love tongue as a kid. So, where, so you had two daughters. Where'd you raise your family? So, Where'd uh, you raise your family? So I, I lived Wood in, uh, I've lived in Woodbury. Woodbury. Um, in a condominium. One right. of the condo communities in Woodbury. Right. And um, <clears throat> when we first moved in, I have two daughters, Rachel. Uh, you know, now she'll... Soon she'll be 26 and a half at the end mm -hmm. of February. Beautiful. And I know that because I, I like to celebrate celebrations. So right. I've had a rule in the house since my kids were born. Not only do we celebrate birthdays, we celebrate half birthdays. Half birthdays too. Yes. You get a cupcake and we add, sing happy half birthday. Add in the joy every six months. <laughs> every happy that's occasion awesome. should be celebrated. Absolutely. That's, that's my That's my feeling. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fun. Of my kids, I have two sets of my Two of my kids, they share almost a half birthday a day apart. Oh wow! Like my oldest That's son great. and my oldest daughter, she's a year and a half, almost, and one day younger. Oh, the birthdays are one day. Like no, half a year. Uh, yes. So it's like, but the date, the half date, the half birthday right. is one day off. Of oh, the, that's great. It's very that's funny. great. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so it's fun, and we always, we always, we have a good time. We laugh, we light a candle, and you that's know, cute. now that we don't all live together, right. um, we do it on Facetime. <laughs> We kept the kept the tradition. You got to keep going. the traditions going, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we moved into Woodbury. Um, I was married when we moved into Woodbury. It was '03, mm -hmm. August of '03. Um, my daughters at the time, Rachel was seven, and my younger daughter Eve, who is now almost twenty-two, she was two. And uh, where did you live before Woodbury? So prior to that, we lived in an apartment in Great Neck, beautiful apartment, mm. very pretty, uh, pretty building. Uh, it was great. It was very nice. Um, mm. I never wanted to move like out to, uh, you know, Syosset Woodbury neighborhood. I thought it was so far out. Right. Um, I thought I would never leave Great Neck. It's so but, interesting how Great Neck is like the beginning of the suburbs. And once you feel like you're there, you're like, why? Like the, the hinterland, the far away Places like Suffolk County is like a, Great Neck another enough, world almost. Right, like. because prior to that, now... Queens, Brooklyn, and then you're like, Great Neck is like suburbs already. Right, right. exactly. And right. to me, that was perfect. Right. You know, it was perfect because I got married later in life. I got married right. at 36. Really? I didn't I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Yes. So I wow. got married later prior to Nowadays, that. Nowadays, that's like uh, normal almost. <laughs> yeah, I was always the older mother. But back then, back it's then definitely it was, the older... Yeah, I mean, maybe if you lived in the city, it was more. No, right. thirty six is. I was ancient. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't that old, but but for the suburbs, it was old. Sure, right. definitely. I I always used to call myself the grandma mommy, you know, <laughs> because I was so not a peer of all these young young moms. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I see it myself because thank God I started having children. I was married when I was twenty six, and today's that young. So I see guys my age with like gray hair. Or my age and older, and their kids are younger than my kids, and they see me with my exactly, young one, and they're exactly, like, "Oh, exactly. this is your child." I'm like, you know, I have a 17 year old also, you know. Right, but I look at it this way: 
I had Rachel at 37. Eve, I was 42. Wow. Can you imagine? That's great. That's great. I and can, but yes. Thank God. Right. Um, thank God. I, I am incredibly blessed. Wow. And I feel that no matter what age, right. you're blessed with children. Right. That's it. You're blessed. And um, it's a big challenge today for a lot of people. It, a lot exactly. of people have this challenge of, God forbid, it's infertility or, God, or exactly. you know, people start families later in life. Exactly. I had none of those challenges. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. It really is. It is unbelievable. I know. It, it, Especially it, back then where there wasn't the science and the things we know today. And no. It's a big blessing. I mean, this was. Amazing. It happened. So I was, I hate using the word lucky. You're not lucky. Nobody's lucky. You're blessed. Oh. So, um, yes, I was very blessed twice. Yes. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't as blessed <laughs> <laughs> when it came to having a successful marriage. Right. Um, so, uh, lived in Great Neck um, for, for many years, about seven, eight years. Uh, got married in 95. So, lived in Great Neck from 95 and then moved to Woodbury in 2003. 2003. So, pretty much from the get-go. Uh, well, actually, the marriage was, was not so wonderful from the get-go right. for, for a lot of different reasons and um, which was quite unfortunate. I happen to be the kind of person that really what I've always wanted out of life was to just have right. just a wonderful home life, wonderful family life. Right. Um, I didn't need to be the richest of the rich. I didn't need to have the fanciest car. I didn't, I didn't need all of those things. Right. Sure, I, I do like good things. I love nice things. What's not to like? Right. Um, they make you happy. They, they, nice things are nice. Right. But I didn't, that's not how I defined myself then, mm -hmm. nor, nor now, right. nor ever. Um, and, and happiness. That mm. was my definition of success, of a successful mm. life: happiness and love, and family. Right. And unfortunately, most unfortunately, it did not work out. Uh, he was uh, <laughs> the the complete opposite of, of of who I would ideal, who I thought he was who he portrayed himself to be right and and how he turned out to be would you say that because like a lot of your life is obviously defined by divorce and raising two daughters pretty much on your own yes totally so by my own it totally 100%. informed your experience yes would you say that changed the value of happiness as the top priority no what 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 how do you how would you, but it definitely had to redefine it meaning to say the ideal the idyllic family life you're missing and you still right. provide, I know you provided that for your daughters. Yes. Yes. In spite of that. So the traditional family life, right. Um, husband, wife and children right. changed. Right. But, but I, I always said, but so what we're a family, mm. whether there's a husband slash father mm -hmm. or not, we are a family, right? And I, I raised my daughters with that with that idea, right? You know, I would always say to them, you know, just because people are married, not that not to say bad about married people, of that's course. wonderful, of course. Um, 
but it doesn't mean that they're happy. Mm. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Of course not. Right? Right. People thought we were a wonderful couple, a wonderful family, um, you know, just typical average, you know, good right. people. They had no clue what was going on. Right. And you said whatsoever. that you said that like at that point after divorce, it informed your spiritual life in a totally different way. Maybe you'd like to speak about that, like what we spoke about. Uh, right. So what happened was um, I had a tremendous, tremendous, well, you could call it a gift. Um, I like to think of it as a gift. I was given a gift by God. God chose me. I feel like God chose me to lead a certain life now where I was a single parent. I had sole custody of my daughters from the get-go. Um, and my daughters did not spend much time with their father, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and at this fast forwarding to now, all these years later, um, they have, unfortunately, they have no relationship mm -hmm. with their father at all. Um, but in the course of from 2006 up till now, so that's 17 years, it's been, and I really don't really care for the word journey, but it's been a journey. Why it's, don't you care for the word journey? I, I don't know. It sounds kind of a little hokey. <laughs> <laughs> I, what do you like better, adventure? <laughs> it's, it's been an adventure, that's for sure. Um, you know, it's been, it's been very difficult. Right. It's been, I mean, I can't tell you. 17 years is a huge chunk of time. It's, right. it's, I spend so much time crying. Mm. I spend so much time yelling, angry at what, what, what was put on my shoulders. I spent so much time um, working, working so hard, working, working to my whole entire goal from the get-go was to keep my daughters, raise my daughters so that they would be emotionally and physically safe and happy. Mm -hmm. That was my goal. Right. I remember a night where I had started dating a little bit about a year or so after I became uh, separated of during my five year divorce. Wow. It took forever. Yes. Oh, yes. He put me through. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a living hell. I can tell you that it was mm -hmm. a living hell mm -hmm. and post divorce too, up until about a few months ago. But he'll rear his angry head again shortly. Um, he, uh, I remember thinking, you know, I was kind of at a crossroads how I wanted to. The reality I wanted to create for my daughters and for myself mm -hmm. going forward. And I said, it's not about me at this time. It's not about me um, in terms of meeting someone. It's about, I, I knew that, I, not that I knew, I chose to put all of my energies into my daughters mm -hmm. because they came into this world completely innocent. Mm. They had no idea the two people who they were born to. And they, they, they didn't ask for this. They didn't ask for such upheaval, for so much emotional stress and, 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 you know, situations. And I said, that's it. For however many years, however long, whatever it takes, I put myself as a single adult woman aside mm. and I 
completely gear myself toward raising my daughters. And that's exactly what I did. And I am so thankful that I, that I, that I chose that path. What gave you the fortitude to be able to do that? Like, it didn't take a lot. I knew what was right, right. for me. But even 17 years is a long time. Like you said, there was struggles. There were these things. Yep. Where, where was your source of strength to be able to be that person? So, like you grew up with an idyllic lifestyle growing up, like wonderful family, family right, oriented, right. and then all of a sudden this. Right. And, you know, right. it takes two to tango, and you're having to deal with the, yeah. the ins and outs of the fights and the divorce and everything, and then being a mom. But, like, so how do you transfer from being somebody who's like, there's a comfortable, happy life provided by hardworking parents and right. all the way through? How did you get, how did you become, how did you rise to the challenge? Where do you think your success came from? Well, I can, I can tell you it was not easy. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, the screaming and the anger came from being so angry that I that I was that I I was in the situation. I I had someone told me a few years prior that this is what my life was going to it was just going to turn on a dime. I would have said, "You're crazy! Absolutely not! That's insane!" Mm. I grew up. I was a nice. I was like the nice girl. Right. I did everything right. I followed the rules. I still follow the rules. I'm, I'm still like that, that. I know you are. Yeah. I'm like that Girl Scout girl. You know, right. even my divorce attorney called me Pollyanna. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I do the right thing. Right. And, I, and I'm happy doing the right thing. Right. Enjoy that. What happened was the situation was just so bad. There, there was really, I, I had to start developing a career. Mm -hmm. My ex was not giving money, not a dime. My parents were helping, but listen, they weren't wealthy, wealthy. Right. You know, I, and, and I, they couldn't continue to support three people. So I had to start working. Um, when I was married, I was a stay-at-home mother, huge luxury. Um, and I went back into the workforce, and it was not easy. I... It was it was incredibly challenging. Everything was incredibly challenging. I didn't have computer knowledge. I, I had nothing. Right. And um, like I said before, I just worked so hard. I just worked and worked and worked, and and I never stopped working. Right. Um, and I was juggling four thousand balls in the air, always at the same time. So many problems. It got to the point that I started praying mm. to God. And I always had a spiritual sense with God my whole life. Um, I just always had that sense, but, but I never really knew what to do with it. I didn't know what to make of it. And so I did nothing with it, quite honestly. Right. That, that was it. I did nothing with it. Um, was it because you didn't have it out of necessity, you feel like? like you know. I, I had no one to speak to about it. Mm -hmm. I think that's why. Mm. Even though I went to Hebrew school as a little kid, right. that was really more of a have to. Right. It was a bore. Boring, you know, yeah. you had, it was two and a half hours, three times a week. Wow. Yeah. It was like, seriously, people, what, what are we doing here? Like, right. it was not fun after going. That's to a typical, like, you know, New York, Long Island, conservative reform <laughs> experience in Hebrew school. That was my experience, too. Right. Like, you know, right. Like, right. I grew up like. You, you did know, it because you had to do it. You did it there to and like you know, tease the girl in front of you in class and like <laughs> like throw things at the teacher and then you know exactly you get a few Jewish history things in there maybe a little right. like right you know so you know it it wasn't some so the spirituality you always felt but you never had to express it you're saying until there was the, no until way to the, until it. the until the trauma of of and there was no one in, the, in my family quite honestly who I could express it mm. Um, mm. to so 
it kind of just was in, within, right. but I wasn't connected to it. So if what that's that, a good what, way to Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. What, did that, so what did that prayer look like when it first started developing you? It was... That spiritual connection. It was really um, my own prayer. Mm. Um, it was... Um, well, let me just interject with one thing. Sure. So I was incredibly close to my mother's mother, my grandmother. Right. My younger daughter uh, is named after her. Wow. Her name was also Eve. They called her Eva. Nice. And she and I spoke every single day from the time I was a teenager. Beautiful. How unusual. Right. That's beautiful. And she was very bright. And we would talk. And, and she and I both loved reading books, book after book after book. I, I could read two books at a time. Wow. And like I'd read a book a day. And um, she loved dance and music and culture. And I love all those things as well. Right. So we would talk about these things and, and we were so close. Unfortunately, she passed away when Rachel was three. Mm -hmm. It was the hugest loss of my life. And I think it'll always be the hugest loss of my life. Wow. That's she was a second mother to me. Unbelievable. So um, when I would pray, I would pray to her. Ancestral connection. Yep. Spiritual soul connection. Yep. I would pray to her and I would say, and it's interesting because when, when I gave birth to Eve and I had a C-section and I remember... I guess at some point throughout the night, I remember she was in the room with me. And I know that sounds crazy, no, but I believe in all of that. Sure. And she was in the room. I smelled her. Mm. Every person has a certain scent. I smelled mm. her. It says in Kabbalah, smell triggers the brain the deepest because it goes right up to the brain. There's no physical, tangible sense to smell. Mm -hmm. When we smell something or we, we can remember smell, it sticks mm -hmm. around the longest in us. Even Absolutely. though you can't touch it. Yeah. yeah. I knew she was with us. And and it was so special to me. I was so happy because I felt as if my daughter Eve mm. was, in a sense, continuing. Sure. Uh, if not all of her, a part, a part of her, which to me is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So, um, <clears throat> so my grandmother became the person... Excuse me. Who I would, who I would speak to, you know, when I'd be lying in bed at night during quiet times. Um, in the morning, when I first woke up, before I got out of bed, and um, and I do it to this day. Now, now, of course, since since you know I be, had started co co going to the class, right? I say the Shema. Beautiful. Every morning when I wake up. Right. My hand over my eyes, <laughs> and every night when I go to sleep, put my hand over my eyes, That's and beautiful. I say the Shema, and then I start praying. That's amazing. But back then I didn't say the Shema. Okay. But okay. but I would pray. I would pray for guidance. Mm -hmm. I would pray for intelligence. I would pray for strength, physical strength, emotional strength. Mm. Um, and I I would pray. For, you know, I'd say to my, I called her Nana. I'd say to my Nana. Just, I have a Nana too. Yeah. <laughs> Nanas are the best. Oh my, my mom's gosh. a Nana also. Yes, Nanas are the best. Yes. Um, you know, to to be with me, help me. Mm. I, I, you know, I was one person with a job that really should have consumed at least two or three. Right. Um, I was, I was 
raising two daughters on my own. Sure. Both daughters, hard to believe, but both daughters were unfortunately bullied very right. severely in school. And I have to say, I was trying to stop you. They both turned out amazing. Amazing. <laughs> they well, turned out yes. the, the end of the story before yes. anyone gets worried about it. The end right. of the story no, is amazing. No, it's a great, it's a 100%. great, it's a happy ending. And Your I, prayers were answered. I mean, clearly, I, want, I prayed also for right. a happy ending. Right. I said, you know, I would say. I mean, the story, the end isn't written, but where we're holding right, right now, right, God, right, amazing. we're not at the end. Of course, we're not. at like we're past <laughs> the bad part, but Thank we're God. in a great chapter. Let's Thank put God. it that way. Amazing. We're in an amazing chapter. Um, let's just say God answered. Each and every one of my prayers. Financially, I never should have made it. Absolutely, I should have been on the street, literally on the street. And um, even an attorney of mine, and unfortunately, at five years of divorce and, and 10 years of post-divorce, you, you go through more than one attorney. She said, something with you, Deb. There's something about you because you, you should not have made it. And wow. every time you're about to fall on your excuse me, every time you're about to fall on your face, you, something happens and you get right back up. I said, I know, isn't it crazy? She said, wow, God, lo God loves you. And so your prayers are answered in more ways than one because you know, not everybody gets to have the benefit of like that, to see the outgrowth of their prayers so clearly, like to see the answer to their prayers so clearly. Yes. <clears throat> and to see that, you know, the fact that you could ameliorate so many different circumstances, so many variables, family life, career, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. money, mm -hmm. dealing with the divorce, dealing with, you know, loss of uh, your grandmother, who was a just source of strength for you. Mm -hmm. And it didn't crush you. It made you stronger. Correct. It made you keep going. Correct. It, these are things that, like, helped you to, made you persevere more. Right. Exactly. Exactly. With each, with each new problem, each new... what oy, so You called many. upon resources you didn't know you had, probably, <sighs> at that point. It was exhausting i don't even know how i did it physically i was on autopilot for years on autopilot um but that's you know that's it's interesting because people think they're eventually going to arrive somewhere they're going to get to a place where like now i'm now i can put my feet up no, and i think that that's right no, it's not that way right what what happens is so so with each challenge mm. and i know i keep saying this but there there were so many i couldn't even count the challenges there were multiple challenges always at the same time. It was ridiculous. Um, I not only, I didn't get through the challenges. I crushed every challenge. Wow. Crushed. It was, I was so successful with, I had to fight a whole school district by right, myself. I remember you telling <laughs> So when you, when you think about it, it's, it's like, the question is, would you have to have, I mean, I, I would like your perspective. Would you have had to access these things if everything had worked out, quote unquote, worked out? Would you have had to become a spiritual person that you are today? Would you have had to call upon resources within yourself that you previously didn't know you had access to? Would you have the sense of satisfaction that I see on your face, that I see that your way you carry yourself with dignity and like mm -hmm. these challenges didn't rip you apart from who you are, but they made you more in touch with from my oh, outside perspective, right. from my clearly very like outside perspective, they put you more in touch with yourself. Correct. You know what Correct. I mean? Like if they said to the little girl Deborah, who Debbie was like a little girl, yeah. like how was she going to make it through? 
like, oh, we don't know. Right, we don't exactly. Know. She, might just, be, she might be just right. like a little, like, you know, Barbie doll. I don't want to say yes. it that way. But like, no, you know, but yes, I was soft-spoken, like, sweet, right. nice. And like, how yeah. is this girl going to be the one? No, like, really? Right. And then, you know. Right. And then well, you see that without, I mean, no one wants tests. No one wants these challenges. No. But when you right. have them, right. they cause you to access, like, the essence of who you are. They Correct. call out to a deeper Correct. level of who you Correct. are. And it's like. You know, they call out to like you have to acknowledge a higher power. Yes. Because without the higher power, like you yourself say, you wouldn't have been able to. You wouldn't have been able to. If I didn't have God, I I I truly believe I would not be, and my daughters would not be where we are today. Absolutely not. What happened was because because my situation, my divorce, the situation you know that led to divorce and and through the divorce was so uh, so horrific. It frightens people, and I understand that. It would it would have frightened me if I learned of a friend who was going through what I what I did go through. Right. It frightens people very very much, and they they walk away from you. So I I, I lost every girlfriend. I mm. lost everyone. Really. Yep. There was some families who didn't want to be friends with me anymore because no one knows when you're down and out, like Janice Joplin. Boy, did they <laughs> did they leave? They left. Really? They all fled. Yeah. Wow. I was literally on my own. So you had so that caused you to go to a, a higher place, though. I had to. I think what happened was when when I reached inside of me, I had to find stuff <laughs> that I, I really didn't even know I had. Mm. You know, and and I learned that I had it as I went through each experience. With each experience, obviously, I became stronger and stronger. I became more confident. I became more able. Mm -hmm. I learned so much. I, I I learned how to. I learned that attitude is everything. If your attitude is is strong and positive. That's it. That's all it takes. I learned you never accept the word no. I didn't have much money. I lived I lived paycheck to paycheck, and even that wasn't enough. I learned that if someone said no, um, I couldn't accept no. I needed a yes, so I had to figure out, you know, your creative thinking comes into play at that point. You have to start reaching into yourself and, and, and tapping into your own resources that quite honestly, I didn't know I had. Mm -hmm. um, now I do, but right. but but I didn't at the time. But through the progression of years and, and and experiences, I learned what I had, and I learned through the progression because everything I did was successful, and I mean everything. And I don't say that to pat myself on the shoulder. I was in a sink or swim, do or die situation with two young children. Mm -hmm. Everything had to go right. That was mm. my attitude. It had ah. to go right. And I truly, I will sit here, and I told you this when, when I first, when we first spoke on the phone, and, and I first um, started coming to the Thursday night uh, Kabbalah class, I believe, I believe that I, that I, I did everything so successfully because of God. I, there's no other reason. There's no other reason. It was God who was there with me. Literally, he was my invisible best friend. Mm. And he was my only friend. Mm -hmm. And he 
and I'm going to cry now because it's so special to me that I the happy the hap, the happy part is that yes because of my success raising my children and and as the rabbi said they are two incredibly strong independent intelligent beautiful good-hearted wonderful human beings right. um and i intentionally raised them to be that way i intentionally raised them to be independent and strong um, i think that is know. an amazing thing that i would like to pick up on is that even though now you could sort of say you're past at least on some level like the the hardship stage you but haven't slowed play. down you haven't slowed down no you've ramped no. it up i think i mean from the, yeah i've ramped it the up short while, <laughs> right, for the short while i've known you and you've seen you've seen past like the, the, the like hopefully like the crest of the challenges yeah. you're like okay now i'm going to say shema yisro now right. i'm going to come to a class every week right you're not like oh god thank you for getting me through now oh. i can now I can like put it on. Uh, now I can put it in cruise control and no, uh, forget about it. No, no, You're saying like no. now I'm reinvesting no. that positive energy in your spiritual life, and I, I've right. seen from the couple of years we've known each other, three years or so we've known each other, mm-hmm. that like your investment in your Jewish life, your investment in your spiritual life, your attribution to a higher power, to to God, in the success of your daughters, and how I've gotten to know them briefly has been just incredible because you haven't like. Taking your foot off the gas, sort of say. No. Whereas a lot never, of people might. No. They say, now, no. you know, thank you, God, for that. And I've moved on. No. That's not who you are, though. No, you don't. You've take... invested Kala and Rosh Hashanah. Right. And right. Call, when your daughter's had a problem, whatever it was, call the rabbi, yes. call me up. Tag, I've been yes. texting with Rachel. And, te- and my know. younger daughter's involved in Chabad up in her school. Right. She so, was just there on Friday. She, she was texting me how happy she is because okay. we know, we know the, every time that we're with you, <laughs> or or every time Eve is with her Chabad rabbi up in school, nice. um, we leave, and we talk about this. We leave with a with a glow within. It's it's a it's a it's a sense. It's a feeling that we get nowhere else in life. There is nothing in life that can give you that that warmth. that's like a fire inside. It's hard to describe, but it's right in the middle of mm. your chest, and it just like you feel like you could burst from happiness. Like that's how I would always feel every time I would leave your class wow. on a Thursday night, or when I would come for Shabbos dinner. And I know I will leave today feeling that <laughs> same feeling. And the only time I feel that feeling is when I'm with you, with your family, you know, here in you know your home. Um, my holy days, you know, um, there's no other time in life that the intensity of that feeling, and that's that's your soul, Beautiful. neshama. Absolutely. See? Absolutely. <laughs> you said, I remember when you first came to the class, you correct me on the story if, if I'm wrong. I forget which of your daughters said it. You're like, you went, and you had a great experience, and we were like a little bit out of your element, and then you're like, then you came to the second one, and then you're like, it was amazing. And you had a question if you should come back, and your daughter said, she said to you, Mom, you got to go. And right. they pushed you. Right. You could, tell, you could tell it better than I. Right. Well, so I would have a real, and I shared this with you and Elisa, right. that every time, 
every week. So, so Monday, Monday to me, the, the week starts Monday because that's when I go back to work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Okay, us, yeah. so Monday, I would start getting stressed about coming here on Thursday for no good reason, but it would just start. And it would, it would keep becoming more and more so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with each passing day. By Thursday, I would be fighting in my head, I'm not going. And then the other part of me, yes, you have to go. You love it. <laughs> and then the other, the, you know, the bad part of me would say, no, I don't want to go. You know, um, I'm tired. I'm this, I'm that, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes I would share those feelings with one of my daughters or both. And they would say, you love it. What are you, are you, are you kidding? You have right, to go. Right. You love it. So I would go and I would be so happy, you know, and driving home, I would, I would call one of them, you know, and, and and share what it was about, and they would come. They loved it, too. Yeah, yeah, um, I, feel, I feel this way. You know, you don't take God out of your pocket when you need him. Mm. You know, he's not yeah. like... Uh, uh, I always say a gumball machine. Like, I exactly. put a quarter in, you get you know, a... That's ridiculous. Right. You know. A vending machine, right? He's always there. Right. He's always there. He's always with you. Um, you know, I, I, I very much personalize him that he's my own. You should. That's um, right. You know, that's the relationship I have with him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's always with me. Um, he mean, many times he's silent, you know, because uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, during times of, of listen, now, thank God, um, our lives have completely turned around. Mm. Um, listen, I, I, did, I did a great job. I, I, I raised two great people. Right. I can focus more on me now, which is which is nice. Right. Um, I have not started dating yet. I really <laughs> should. Time is a wasting. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it yeah. said in last week's parsha, it says Zekeli va'anvehu. This is my God, and I will glorify Him. This is part, like you said, it's my God, like personalized. Yes. The fact that you personalize it, you know, don't think it's like an ego thing, or you mm. shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, there's a God of the world, the cosmic, cosmic. Hashem, right? And then, but there's a like, where is God mostly found? It's in our neshama, in our soul, in our in our right. personal experiences, right? So even by the splitting of the sea, which was in last week's Torah portion, mm -hmm. the people pointed, the children even pointed and said, "Ze keli van vehu, this is my God, my God, mm -hmm. keli, my God, and I will glorify Him." So right. that personalized right. approach is not silly. It's right. You know, okay. Special. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because. Um, I feel very blessed. I feel very blessed that I, and, and you, you asked a question before, which I don't think I answered, which was, do, like, do I think things would have been different with my relationship with God if my life situation mm, had right. not changed, you know, right. not gone sour or south, right. so right. to say? Um, of course. 100%, it would have been different, without a doubt. I, like I said, I always had a, a definite spirituality, right. but I don't, I, listen, I, I ne no, I never could have um, reached within uh, in order to, you know, um, create, create. I think, I believe that I had to create the relationship with God. Mm. It just doesn't, God is there. Right. It's, I, I believe, I may, may not be true for everyone, I believe for myself, 
I had to reach out to God to create the relationship. That's great. It's an amazing thing, though, too, and, uh, and like kind of like my own completely like objective, somewhat view, like bird's eye view, is that a lot of people find God in trauma and find mm-hmm. God in mm-hmm. yes. instability. And that's what you did. Yes. But not everybody after the trauma, after the, after the negative experience, after the, the, um, the trauma subsides, right. do they still hold on to it and go further? Like you have to find God in the positivity also. Right. I mean, it's easy for, it's, you know, most, if, you're, if life is on cruise control, sort of say, and you're going right, and, right. You're, and, everything and everything's is good, good and everything's yeah. fine, like, ah, what do I need God for in this situation? Right. And then, God forbid, trauma comes and it brings us to God. You know, like how many right. people come to shul because they have to say Kaddish for someone who passed away. Right, 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 right. right? Like, they don't come for their birthday. <laughs> they right. Come, they come for that. They right. should come for their birthday they to get should, a call right. up to the Torah and they should come for their grandfather's yard site also. Right. But, the question is, does it stay? And I think by you, I've seen that it that you know on the on the other side of of the of the trauma, you've recommitted, you've re you've re upped, you've re- put your put your chips more to the center of the table spiritually. Yep. And like mm-hmm. you're having this conversation here in a Chabad house on a Sunday with me, right? And like it could be a million other places, and this is where you. And I to was be. very very much looking forward to today. Yeah. Because. Um, I, I, I know for the rest of today and for throughout next week, I am going to feel that wonderful, beautiful feeling, <clears throat> excuse me, inside. And I mean, you know, that's, it doesn't get better than that. And my feeling about God at this point is he is, he's a complete, Completely integrated into into me, into who I am, into my life, into into my soul, into everything, everything. I mean, he's my best friend. Absolutely. How? Why would I turn my back on him mm. um, when he he helped me through everything? I truly, one hundred percent, believe that that he was within and he helped me guide me he totally guides me even now at work um you know i shared with you how successful i've become at work which is crazy right i started from nothing zero nothing i used to come home crying my first job i couldn't even work a computer and nobody would teach (laughs) me i was like oh my gosh what am i gonna do i'm gonna get fired i couldn't get fired i had bills to pay you know, and, and here now, um, you know, I'm number four wealth management banker again in the Amazing. country, you know. And I have so, to say one thing also is that, you know, like the appreciation is through giving tzedakah that you've done, and oh. I can speak personally, is that, that, that uh, maybe we should um, just acknowledge that for a second. And that's a very special thing. And that, they, that when you're a person of somewhat means on some level, you know, you're saying like, this is where I, this is where I invest myself. And it's not, it's not exactly. in like the fancy stuff. It's in, it's in where my roots are in, in Chabad house here and, right. and keeping that, that, that as the values that your daughters will probably pick up on too. Absolutely. You know, that's it. that's Absolutely. Amazing. Well, you know, this Chabad house and you and Eliza and your children and everyone who I've met in these walls, um, I've never said it, 
because I don't share a lot, I guess, but probably the most important people in my life. Um, and I mean that because without, without you even knowing, and I guess, well, you probably did know, every week coming here and listening to, you know, that week's portion. And then you would speak about it. You would make it relatable to the here and now. I guess that's a good way to say it. Um, I would then, I would listen and I would personalize it based on me, my life, everything. And, um, and my daughters do the same. And um, it, I can't even begin to tell you how invaluable all of that was for, and still is for, for me, for us, um, how it helped, how it made things that didn't make sense prior all of a sudden made sense. And it, it, it connected me. Some, sometimes it would connect me to my father wow. um, because he would, he would talk about the rabbi, mm. um, Schneerson. And um, I remember I would, when the first time I came here, I would just stare at the picture. You told me that, that's right. Yeah, because it, it connected me to my father. And um, my daughters would always say, oh, they called my father Poppy. And my stepfather, they called uh, Papa High. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Papa High was observant. He put on to fill in every morning uh, in the house. Mm. And uh, he actually was studying to be a cantor wow. as a young man. But I don't know what happened. He didn't follow through. But, but um, I mean, I, I believe they, they know that, you know, the spiritual journey that I've been on, I've been on so many journeys. Nice. <laughs> busy life here. But, um, but I know that they're smiling down. You know, yeah, they're, they're happy. They're happy. Um, they're happy that um, I, I was able to, <clears throat> again, with God, I was able to accomplish everything I needed to accomplish. Beautiful. You know, and, and it's, it's incredibly rewarding. And, um, and like you said, I don't stop here and I don't, you know, kick God off, off, <laughs> off, off the train. Uh, no, he's with me forever. Beautiful. And, um, yeah, no, he's, he's my, my best buddy. Amazing. Deborah, thank you so much for coming. Thank this you was amazing, for having me. Amazing time. Yeah. I love hearing your journey and I'm sure a lot of people listening will like hearing your journey also. And, uh, it's, a, it's probably a whether you realize it or not, it's probably a place of inspiration for people who are listening. That's and, wonderful. Uh, I think that, that you can share your story and your narrative and your journey, if you don't, even though you don't like that word, uh, <laughs> is, uh, I, think it's, I think whether you know it or not, you just provide a lot of inspiration for a lot of people. I hope so. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having it. me. Uh, it was wonderful. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chabad House Conversations. It was a great uh, afternoon here at Chabad House with Deborah. And uh, if you would like to come on and share a story, share some of your life, talk Schmooze with the Rabbi for uh, a podcast, please hit me up. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful day and do lots of mitzvahs and bring Mashiach now. Take care.